You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. So how we gender God, uh, it it serves to to mold us. And it also preserves those shapes once they've been molded. And exclusively gendering God as male has served to harmfully exclude women. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery and this is episode 468. Our title this week is Gendering God and our reading is from the Gospel of John, John 14, 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? And the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So, this week's reading is part of a, f- a farewell, uh, part of the farewell speeches in the, in the Johannine community's version of the Jesus story. And Jesus here is saying goodbye. And the first thing that jumps out to me in this part is Jesus's exclusivity. That is, no one comes to the Father except through me, that language. If you've been following mine and and, and Todd Leonard's uh, um, lectionary discussions over the the past few weeks on YouTube on our Just Talking show, the idea that Jesus is the only means of experiencing gnosis or saving knowledge is very Johannine. It it doesn't work today in our cosmopolitan culture, given the, the the universal truths taught in in other faith traditions as well as our own. My faith tradition is Christian, but but every faith tradition like mine 
has teachings that are life-giving and those that are not. And the goal um, that makes much more sense to me is simply to collect the good that's in each of those. So the second theme in our reading this week that that must be addressed is that our, our reading is very gendered. And I assume it was written by men within the Johannine community. There's a lot of, of gendering of God in this passage. So, so let's discuss this a bit. Gendering God can be either life-giving or death-dealing. Gendering God exclusively is, is harmful. Elizabeth A. Johnson's classic book, She Who Is the Mystery of God in Feminist Theological Discourse, is especially helpful for us right here. Jo- Johnson writes, what is the right way to speak about God? This is a question of unsurpassed importance for speech to and about the mystery that surrounds human lives and the universe itself is a key activity of a community of faith. In that speech, the symbol of God functions as the primary symbol of the whole religious system, the ultimate point of reference for understanding, experience, understanding life, and understanding the world. Hence, the way in which a faith community shapes language about God implicitly represents what it takes to be the highest good, the profoundest truth, the most appealing beauty. Such speaking, in turn, powerfully molds the corporate identity of the community and directs its practice. So how we gender God, uh, it, it serves to to mold us, and it also preserves those shapes once they've been molded. So it functions both to form and then to preserve. And exclusively gendering God as male has served to harmfully exclude women in our Christian communities and frame them as less than. Johnson continues a few paragraphs later. This is, uh, by the way, Kindle location, 807 to 825, somewhere around in there. But the symbol of God functions, she writes. Upon examination, it becomes clear that this exclusive speech about God serves in manifold ways to support an imaginative and structural world that excludes or subordinates women. Wittingly or not, it undermines women's human dignity as equally created in the image of God. And, and again, and yet these images that we use for God, they can work inclusively as well as they do, ex- as we've been reading exclusively. They can be used to, 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 they can work inclusively when we use these symbols to lift up and liberate those that our present system pushes to the to the undersides and edges of our community. She uh, writes again, and this is Kindle Location 854, uh, language about God in female images not only challenges the literal-mindedness that has clung to male images and inherited God talk, it not only questions their dominance in the discourse about holy mystery, but insofar as the symbol gives rise to thought, such speech calls into question prevailing structures of patriarchy. It gives rise to a different vision of community. Community, one in which the last shall be first, the excluded shall be included, 
the mighty put down put down from their thrones and the humble exalted the words of mary of mary of nazareth the song of praise in luke 152 creating conditions for the formation of a community characterized by relationships of mutuality and reciprocity of love and justice so this this challenges me especially as i reflect on some of the bible passages that i've i've cherished at other stages of my journey one of those passages from the book of hebrews in hebrews 1 1 through 3 it says in the past god spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe the sun is the radiance of god's glory the exact representation of his being so i want to i want to focus in on this phrase the exact representation how does this teaching specifically how does it function for women given that jesus was male the church has exclusively gendered God as, as male, based on passages like this, and then privileged, based on that, cis men in the, in the Christian faith. We don't do this with any other aspect of the literal historical Jesus. We don't lift up his Jewishness this way. We, we don't do, do that with anything else. We, we, we only do it to uh, Jesus' gender as male. And, and and the belief that clergy should be exclusively uh, cis men, it's just one of those practices. All of them are rooted in a male Jesus being the exact image of God. And this assumption has been at the heart of centuries of harm. Um, specifically harm to women in, in Christian history and, and has led many women to just outright reject Christianity in whole because of the very real concrete harm that they've experienced because of these practices. A, a good book that outlines some of those harms and, and the way that this has shaped theology and practice is the book by Jacqueline Grant, White Women's Christ and Black Women's Jesus, Feminist Christology and a Womanist Response, especially uh, the pages, page 151 through 172. But our stories about God, about sex and gender, they're not monolithic. We also have stories within our sacred text that remind us that we all bear the image of the divine. We all bear God's image. In the context of our bodies, wherever our bodies may sit on the spectrum of, of sex, we all bear God's image. And in the context of gender identity and gender expression, wherever we may sit on that spectrum, we all bear God's image. Our, our most ancient origin myths they whisper to us these truths take the genesis story just as one example in genesis 1 16 it says god made two great lights the the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night and yet we have times of day when when both lights are active we have sunrise we have dusk we have twilight and so too in the story god created human god humankind in god's own 
image, male and female, God created them, it says in verse 26. So we also have a spectrum there for sex and gender on which each of us lives our lives. Whenever we find our, wherever we find ourselves on this spectrum of sex and gender identity and expression, it, it it's the entire spectrum that bears the image of the divine. We all bear that divine image. As, as, as the, the Jewish tradition states, before each person, there goes an angel proclaiming, behold, the image of God. So, so in this spirit, a dear friend of mine, Deneen Akers, just published a new children's book. Uh, it's titled Dear Mama God, and you can find out more about it at watchfire.org forward slash Dear Mama God. And after two millennia of exclusively gendering God as male, we don't get to jump immediately to God being genderless. We need to spend some time sitting with, with images of God in all genders. We, we need an, an imagining of the divine that is large enough to embrace all gender identities and expressions. The closest I will ever come, remember, to God in this life is you, my fellow human. How I treat you matters. How you treat me matters. And if we would keep this thought close in our relating and in how we shape our world politically, socially, and economically, what a difference this single thought thought would make. So, so, so this leads quite naturally to the final point that we encounter in this week's reading. Those who follow Jesus will do as Jesus did. If every person bears the image of God, if every person has intrinsic worth and value, this must impact how we relate to them. Jesus models this in the gospel stories. When Jesus encounters an image of God bearer, under the weight of oppression or injustice or suffering, he sets out to bring them life and healing and liberation and change. And he does this personally for people in the stories, but he also does, does so by, by challenging the systems in his society, the, the, the systems that are doing those people harm. And this speaks volumes to me in our context today. As we consider what it means to be a Jesus follower, to do the work Works of Jesus. The, the, the work this sets before each of us is the work of uh, that's modeled by, by Jesus, the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone, a world that's big enough not only to house, as Jesus stated, many rooms, but, but, but also to celebrate all of our many differences. And this is the work that I want to be about. Heart group application this week. Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what does gendering God as mother change for you as a Jesus follower? Share that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like 
and subscribe to it there, uh, wherever you're listening to it. And if your platform offers this as an option, please consider taking some time to give us a, a positive review. This helps others find this podcast as well. And I also want to sh- share that we're, again, the reminder that we're partnering in a new weekly YouTube show called Just Talking. Each week, Todd Leonard and I will be talking about the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just talking as injustice and that during our brief conversation each week, you'll be inspired to do more than, than just talking. So if you teach from the lectionary each week or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, uh, check it out. You might like it. You, you can find Just Talking each week on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment. And if you'd like to reach out to us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. My new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels is now available there at renewedheartministries.com as well. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.